the best of times. Live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana. Celebrating age and maturity. Helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The best of times. Your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning, radio listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only news magazine for mature adults in northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning in to our show today. And also thank you through thanking those who might be listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. And also thanking those who might be listening via the Radio Pub application on their Apple and Android devices. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn why more senior citizens who are in their 50s and 60s are becoming tutors of other individuals. So stay tuned to the show for some very beneficial information for you and your loved ones. It is Saturday, December the 2nd, and we are broadcasting our radio show from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept calling questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. We hope that everyone had an enjoyable Thanksgiving day with family and friends. The Caligas has had a lot of excitement uh, with all of our four grandchildren as well as our kids and their spouses, etc. at a, at a fantastic uh, Thanksgiving gala. Uh, we just love being with our grandkids and love playing with them and with their many games, puzzles, and of course reading lots of stories from their wonderful books. And again, I hope that you and your families had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Be sure to pick up the December issue of the Best of Times at our 522 distribution locations. We thank you for the many compliments about our magazine. Of course, we do appreciate hearing from you. If you're unable to find a copy at one of our distribution locations, remember you can visit our website at www.thebestoftimes.com to view both current and past issues of our magazine as well as downloading um, downloading podcasts of our previously broadcast radio shows. I know that many of our readers love our magazine, our radio show, and thousands frequently visit our website to view both current and past issues of our magazine, of course, to and to listen to previously broadcast radio shows. I do ask when I ask you a favor. Please remember to mention that you saw our advertisers ad in the Best of Times magazine or heard their ad on our radio show. Please do thank them for supporting the Best of Times. These loyal advertisers make it possible for us at the Best of Times to provide you with high quality professional magazine with lots of great content on our in our magazine as well as on our radio show and our website. So to benefit you and many others in our area at no charge to you. Again, thank you for your assistance and thank you for acknowledging our fabulous and wonderful and loyal advertisers. Remember to visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com for announcements made during today's radio show, as well as information about upcoming events, activities, and news that you can use. We'll be right back with more information, but now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Keel. 
Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by A-Bears, Hunting Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show today is a special guest. It's Mr. Richard Eisenberg, who is the managing editor of Next Avenue. And I've asked Richard to come on the show today to discuss an interesting topic that he has conveyed in his uh, particular uh, realm of expertise. It's learning that more seniors of who are 50s and 60s are becoming tutors of others. So thank you, Richard, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Thank you very much, Gary. So you are the managing editor of Next Avenue. So t- tell our listeners a little bit about what Next Avenue is and what areas of coverage that you focus on. Sure. Uh, NextAvenue.org is a website. We're about six years old, and we're a website from PBS, and our audience is primarily people in their 50s and 60s. And what we're trying to do is help people uh, who are that age uh, navigate their lives. Uh, I'm, besides being the managing editor for Next Avenue, uh, I'm also the editor of two of our channels, the Money and Security channel, which is personal finances, and the Work and Purpose channel, which is about finding a job, working part-time, volunteering, and service. And the other channels at Next Avenue are about health, about caregiving, and what we call living and learning, which is our lifestyles channel. And I've, I've actually been to your website and listened to some of your channels. They're very fascinating, very very good information that uh, many of our listeners out there should make make wins of. And, it, of course, it's free, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> and, uh, and, and no charge to you. And, and plus, it's it's very good content. So I, I congratulate you and your staff on, on putting great content on there and, and useful content that's applicable all the way, you know, even in Louisiana. So uh, sometimes people say what's not applicable to us in Louisiana because we're the, that exception state sometimes we do a lot of things differently here but no it, it has a lot of apropos to our particular area so how long you've been doing this uh i've been with the site since we started so it's a little over six years now wow and what, what did you do before can i ask sure well i worked for about 20 years at money magazine oh uh, wow yeah i did uh, many things there i was a writer i was an editor i was the washington bureau chief for a few years and when i left i was the executive editor uh, I've also worked at Good Housekeeping, where I was the, the money editor there, and I also ran their website. And I was at Yahoo, where I was in charge of their uh, front page for all personal finance and business stories. Uh, and then I've done freelancing as well. Wow, you've got some fantastic experience. Thank you. Wow. Uh, nothing like my little magazine, which we've been doing for for 17 years, but it's it's got the ditch. It's got the ditch. It's not as powerful as some of the publications that you've been dealing with, but again... Um, and I have not. We, I, my wife and I don't even have a publishing degree. So and sometimes it's, it wonders how can we stay in the business. But we've been doing it for for 17 years and uh, really enjoyed it. So oh, you're doing a great job. Well, thank you. Uh, so you, we, we hear about these second careers, right? But you know, sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. But but I, I was fascinating. Uh, and your article that you you focused on some surveys of different seniors and boomers that that uh, that have been doing this right. Some have been having second and third and fourth careers. That's right. We we do a lot of stories about uh, finding your next act, as we like to call it, next avenue. And and sometimes it's finding a second career. Sometimes it's a uh, something you're doing on the side with your or while you're still working full time, but something that gives you a lot of pleasure or maybe just some extra income. 
and often it's something that people do part-time when they've um, left their, the career that they've spent uh, most of their working years in, but they're ready for something new, maybe something a little more meaningful that gives them a little more purpose in life and, and maybe very different from what they've done all along. Well, I like the word you mentioned, more purpose term in various books, but you know, I, I, I challenge people, they, some of them, uh, I'm 67 now, but uh, several years ago, uh, after I quasi-retired, and uh, they said, well, you just, you know, continue need to do what you're doing. I said, well, I've done it for many years. I was a home health care administrator for many years. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to do something different. And, and the good Lord works in mysterious ways. It, it mm-hmm. just popped up, and all of a sudden, having no publishing experience and no journalism experience and no radio experience, uh, I decided to dabble into that. My wife thought I was crazy, and that she wanted me to go be checked out with the doctors, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, that second career, some people need to do that, and it's been a, enlightening for me. I've been, uh, Bobby, you should have been my purpose in life many, many, many years ago. Well, it's never too late. But, and that's what I want you to convey to our, our listeners out there. It, it, some of them are doing hobbies that are doing it so well, they should make that into a c- career and a moneymaker, right? That's right. Uh, there are a lot of people who are finding that uh, there's something that they've, they've loved doing all their lives, or maybe there's something they just picked up recently, and they, they do it because they really get pleasure out of it, but they actually find that they can make some money at the same time, and there's nothing wrong with, with doing it for, for two reasons. And so more and more people are doing that, and they're um, using what, what people sometimes call the gig economy. So they're sometimes they're selling things that they've made on a website like Etsy, or they're um, uh, you know renting out a room of their house, or they're doing some tutoring. And, and I'd love to tell you about a, a really interesting survey that we wrote about on Next Avenue a few months ago about uh, people over 50 who are tutoring and why they do it and what they get out of it. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about it. But, but I want you to, uh, that's a great, great idea here, is uh, they might have come up with some invention or some kind of product or some kind of item that they need to help and promote, right? That, that's what you're talking about in the, in the gig economy? Yeah, it could be. I mean, it could very well be something that they've created themselves that's useful for other people, uh, or it just may be, a, you know, some expertise, some talent, some skill that they have that uh, other people want to pay for, and it may be something that they do and, and sell, or maybe something that they do one-on-one with other people. And I'm, I'm sure that you have researched it and that... Having these continuous careers, I have recently a friend of mine just retired. He says, "Well, I'm going to sit back and watch television and sleep all day, and eat and eat and eat and eat." And you know, it's important. It's health benefits. You need to keep active, right? Oh, for really healthy. important. I mean, um, we're, we're living longer lives in general, uh, and so it really is important for us, even more than in the past, to take good care of ourselves so that we enjoy those lives and also to keep uh, our our health costs down because health costs can be extremely expensive uh, when you're uh, in your over 50. And, you know, the, the more that you have uh, issues with, uh, the, the more expensive it's going to be, and that means the less money you're going to have for the things you really want to do. And and the the extra money, some people say, well, I think I have enough retirement income. But you know, a little extra coins here and there can can help out and you know make you have a better uh, a better vacation or trip or seeing the grandkids more often or getting the grandkids some really super Star Wars toy, uh, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and also, as you say, you know, we don't know what life is going to bring us. So things may look great for us financially right now, and that's wonderful if they do, but. You know, sometimes we uh, find uh, 
uh, unpredictable and unexpected and unpleasant surprises. Uh, You know, you've probably seen the surveys that I've seen where uh, a lot of Americans would have a lot of trouble coming up with $400 for an emergency expense. And, you know, it's so important for people to have money for that kind of an emergency. And then once you've got that, then you can, you know, go out and enjoy yourself. And that's why it's helpful to bring in some extra money whenever you can so that you have uh, fewer money worries if you can avoid that. And and let's think about this one. I'm, I'm sure your surveyors have seen this, that um, uh, grandparents raising grandkids. Mm-hmm. And that's causing a little financial burden on some of the grandparents out there who now, you know, thought they just were uh, going to be empty nesters. Now they're nesters, and sometimes they have one, two, or three, or sometimes four grandchildren. They're staying with them, and they're taking care of and providing all their, their living and services uh, for, for a number of reasons. But that's sometimes a financial burden. So sometimes those extra careers, second careers, can be of great assistance to them, right? That's exactly right. Absolutely. So, so uh, again, let's give us some examples of, uh, of this gig economy that that, uh, that you're mentioning. I think our, our listeners out there will be fascinated with some of those. Yeah, well, there's all all different ways people are doing it. I mean, one way um, that we're seeing a lot about these days is people are driving their the cars that they have uh, for Uber or oh, yeah. other ride sharing services, and. You know, that doesn't require any extra special skill. If you have a car and have been driving it for a while and are a good driver and know your way around the area uh, and, and the, the car sitting in your garage and you have the time, uh, why not, you know, you know, pick people up, take them where they need to go, perform a service for them and bring in some extra income for yourself. So that's, that's one thing. A lot I, of I'm glad. Let, let's elaborate on that one a little bit. Sure. Um, it's it's amazing. People say, "Well, I don't want to drive for anybody." Well, you've been driving for people probably for for sixty years now. <laughs> I said, "Why why don't you want to drive?" It and and I will I will say this. I've experienced. I, I haven't signed up. My wife thinks I should. Uh, and some of my radio listeners and readers, the best of times, said, "You like to talk to everybody. You should be an Uber driver, a Lyft driver." Mm-hmm. And they're about to come to our our neck of the woods here. They haven't made it yet that I'm aware of, but uh, they're almost here. But I, I will give you and and I want you to jump in here too i just went to chicago and one of my uber drivers when i was there for a whole week uh i i had uh, richard i had to ask him i said sir this is a 2017 lexus and he says yeah i know son i know sir i says so you you like you do this often he says yeah i'm a retired physician and i got bored my wife died two years ago and i want to go out and meet people so i signed up and that's what i'm here to meet you and others and i says wow that was an interesting idea and he says yeah i could have traveled to europe and but i want to stay here and just drive people around occasionally and he said i get to meet some of the most fascinating people uh in my uber Uber car. And I said, "Wow, is that a great story right there?" I said, "You need to call. You need to call the Chicago Tribune or whatever, and, and tell them your story." He says, oh, "I don't want anybody to know about it." I said, "Well, Gary's knowing about it right now." So, uh, mm-hmm. but isn't that amazing uh, that some of these uh, people that and I, you know, I'm, I'm sure I forgot what kind of position it was. I'm sure he had great patient manners, but now he's he lost that interaction. He said he'd been retired for over a year now. He was totally bored. He had no other hobbies, and so he decided, "Hey, why not?" And uh, he's. He yeah, thought it was fascinating. It is. It's a, it's a great story. And I know I've also heard people who are doing this because 
They want to be useful for older people in the community who, who need a way to get to doctor's appointments or to the hospital, but they can't drive and they don't have anybody who can get them places. Uh, Good point. And to be to be able to help them to get the medical care that they need, you know, it makes it makes everybody feel much better. Yeah, that, and that's God. If somebody should come up with that as like a, an Uber uh, specialized service that you you know may, whatever you can afford, maybe they have volunteer time. That, that'd be an interesting idea. I'm, I'm going to contact Mr. Lyft and Mr. Uber. You got a, mm-hmm. you brought up an interesting idea that we maybe should uh, ask them to. I know they have some specialized services in New York and Chicago. Uh, this this might be a, an interesting new niche that could volunteer their their time and effort to take. You know, important people that can't make their doctor's appointment or their clinic appointment or their physical therapy appointment, whatever. That would, that would be pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. We're going we're to break a break right now. We'll be right back with more information. But now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A-Bears, Tenney Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Caligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by A-Bears, Hunting Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Caligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show is a special guest, is Mr. Richard Eisenberg, who is the managing editor of Next Avenue. And he's on my radio show today to talk about an interesting finding that a survey had that more seniors in their 50s and 60s are becoming tutors of others. So, Richard, thank you for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Thanks very much, Gary. So, let's elaborate. We were, we've been talking about these second careers, and so tell, tell us uh, about this article about tutoring. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, this is an article I wrote um, uh, recently for Next Avenue about a survey that was done by a company that does tutoring called Wyzant, W-Y-Z-A-N-T. Uh, and it turns out about a third of their tutors are 50 or older, and they wanted to find out why the people who are tutoring for them are doing it. And they came up with some very interesting results. What they found was, although 59% of their tutors who are over 50 said that they tutor for money, that was only the second biggest reason why those people are tutoring. The most common reason was they wanted to share the knowledge that they've accumulated over the years. 73% wow. of people said that. And I thought that was very fascinating. That was fascinating. So they want to contribute to, to the betterment of kids and young adults to, to better their lives, to learn, to grasp some of that experience. You can't, you know, you can't transfer it all, but at least you can give them some, some uh, case scenarios and some particular aspects. Wow, that's great. So it's not not only in the money. The money's nice, but hey, that's not the problem. I love that. Right, and and 49% of them said that they're doing it because they want to stay intellectually connected to my area of study. So these are people oh. who uh, they've, they've, they've made a career in a certain area, and they just want to keep up with it. They want to you know, let other people know about it and that sort of thing. And it's a way of, of keeping their their skills current and, and they're being you know, up-to-date and fresh with, with the field that they've been in for so long. Well, give, give examples. Possibly a, a, a chemical engineer or a chemist that uh, retired and he wants to help students in high school and et cetera to, to, uh, to deal with their, their chemistry formulas, tables, et cetera, right? That's right, yeah. Um, or it could be somebody who's uh, been a Spanish teacher maybe and wants to 
uh, tutor kids in Spanish, uh, or maybe somebody who's going to be going on a trip to Spain or Mexico and could use a, a little uh, uh, educational help there. So that sort of thing. And, and there, are, you know, the tutors at Wisent, um, the youngest, as I said, many of them are over fifty. Their average age was sixty-two, but the oldest was ninety. So it's oh, not the sort of wow. thing that you have to stop doing uh, if you don't want to. A lot of people are continuing to do it for years. No, and I, and I think I'm calling. I'm I'm an elder, but I I love talking to people that are older than me that've got more experience both in history and other sciences. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, my former life, I, in my former life, uh, when I first graduated from college, I was an engineer. So I, I love uh, edu- I love. I love the the field of engineering and dealing with physics and chemistry and electronics, et cetera. And, and and I remember after getting a job that I volunteered for a, a junior achievement tutoring program that helped young kids and uh, the junior achievement to learn the various skills and why is this. And then they were all fascinated. And they and all of the, the students part of my particular program excelled in their junior high and high school. So that that is a part of the volunteering. Is it, you might have a, a prior career that you want to keep it going. You don't want to, uh, they say, lose all that knowledge, but convey that knowledge to help others. That's right. And particularly with, with younger people, uh, a lot of the people in this survey said that they really enjoy tutoring uh, kids in grades K through 12. In fact, 45% of the people surveyed said that was the age they most preferred to tutor. And, and it was kind of funny to find that the group that they would least prefer to work with were people about their own old, uh, their own age. They would rather not tutor people just like themselves. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be, that's tough to do. I don't, yeah. care, I don't think I've ever done that, but I've, I've done with college and, uh, and I've done with high school students and you know another good example out there is um, helping a young man or young lady prepare their their lives to go into the the, the workforce i mean interviewing that that is you know you yeah. have to get somebody who's been there done that you can read a lot of books but if you do a lot of hands-on that's the best way is, is play the part and i've played the part of the employer been the employer uh, mm-hmm. and been the boss that run the hiring and the firing so i've, I've helped some some high schoolers uh, go through that process and they were extremely nervous, and I tried to get them some skills that they would hopefully, when they get their first job, they won't be cringing over. And, uh, mm-hmm. and hopefully, yeah, that, that's very really useful. Um, so this particular survey uh, emphasized, which most people thought only they're only doing it for the money, but it, it did show that it wasn't only for the money. That's right. Uh, you know, many of the people who are tutoring still have other jobs. They're doing this on the side. Some of them are doing it because it's the only income that they have. But 61% of them have other jobs. So they're doing it um, because they really enjoy it. They love doing it. And they're happy to pick up a little extra money on the side. But, but that's not the main reason they're doing it. Um, and, and I was going to mention there's a group that uh, some of your listeners may be familiar with, but some may not. It's called Encore.org, uh, E-N-C-O-R-E dot O-R-G. Yes. And it's all about uh, helping people who are over 50 uh, find more purpose in their lives it's through second careers. And sometimes it's volunteering. Sometimes it's working for pay. Uh, and they have something right now that they have uh, an initiative called Generation to Generation. And the whole idea of this is to try to encourage people over 50 to make a positive difference in the lives of children and youth. And so they've been working uh, with a lot of uh, other organizations like Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and uh, groups like them, Mentor.org, to try to help match people up, people who want to mentor with kids who could use mentors. 
Well, and, and that's important to get the, to get the matching scenario. Some some kids and kids may not want it, but you got to instill upon them what the reasons why. You know, uh, there's going to be some motivation. I'm, I'm sure you have to have the right tutor match with the right individual that they're being tutored. Is that is that true? Uh, that is true, and I think there are also a lot of people who say, well, I would love to mentor younger kids, help them out, but I just don't know who would want me or where to find them <laughs> or what, you know. And it turns out that there are a lot of groups that are just, you know, very uh, eager to find people who want to do this mentoring, and they've got kids who are, you know, desperate for somebody to give them that kind of instruction if somebody was available. But, in, you know, people do this, you know, as with the time that they have. But some people do it an hour a week. Some people do it more often. Some people do it less often. Uh, you know, you can almost do it almost any way that you want to. Um, and so I, I really encourage people, if they can, if they have any free time, to try to carve out a little bit to be helpful for younger kids who could really use the assistance. Well, Richard, can't these individuals, if they want to volunteer to tutor, uh, contact their local universities? I'm sure some of the local universities have tutor programs uh, within their own faculty, but sometimes they, they allow other professionals and other people in the, in the area to be volunteer tutors, correct? Uh, yeah, that's certainly one way to do it. Uh, another way to do it is to go online and find uh, tutoring companies. Wise Andrews one, but there's lots of others uh, that are looking for tutors. And some of this tutoring is done one-on-one, face-to-face in person. Sometimes it's done over the phone. Sometimes it's actually done over the Internet through um, video chats or through email. There's lots of different ways to do it. And, you know, I, I know of, of some literacy tutoring companies uh, within, uh, they either are co-sponsored by universities or linguistic companies that are teaching individuals in the United States to speak other foreign languages and also taking those Hispanics and other people from abroad to learn better English. So I, I've been seeing a lot of those even in our neck of the woods in northwest Louisiana. More of those have been uh, springing up everywhere. And I think it's had a tremendous impact on those individuals needing to learn and understand the English language. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. We've written some articles on Next Avenue about teaching English as a second language and the, the joy that it gives the, both the, the people who are doing the teaching and also the sometimes it's children, but sometimes it's, uh, it's people in their 20s, 30s, or even older who um, need to learn English or need to learn it uh, better uh, in order to find jobs or to get ahead in the work that they're doing. And so uh, that's turned out to be something that's been really popular lately. And, you know, I, I'm not going to uh, criticize our educational system, but uh, in comparison with what I've seen in Europe, being uh, being of European descent here, that uh, the individuals that I've met in both Greece and Germany and Italy, all their schools teach them conversational English and, uh, and other conversational uh, French and, and multilingual. They're, they're so multilingual, it, it's amazing, and they're understandably multilingual. They may, it's not just textbook. It's it's being able to speak, read, and write it. Uh, I think we're lacking a little bit. I'm, I'm getting a little soapbox here in America. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I know my kids all took French, but not conversational French. They took French in the classroom for one or two years, and you know they've been to France and they couldn't speak the lingo. So uh, mm-hmm. I think you, I think you got to have a more a more different curriculum or more practice on using those second languages and third languages to to get more uh, more usefulness out of it. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. So the tutors, I think that's one thing. If, if a tutor knows Spanish and, and you're trying to learn Spanish, it's really good that you have a one-on-one dialogue there with that individual to, to get make your skills better. And whether it's German and, and whether uh, somebody needs to learn our language, it's it's good to go back and forth. The person understands Spanish but also want to teach the, the, this, this person English. It's going to be very helpful if they go back and forth. And I that's think right. that, that's a, So therefore, there's the match tutor that you have need to find the, the, the correct match that uh, can help that individual, help that young man or a young, young lady. But I, but I it was fascinating when I read your article about uh, tutoring and becoming one of the most uh, frequently second career for us who are in their 50s, 50s 60s, and probably 70s uh, that are doing throughout the United States and probably the world. And, I, and I'm, yeah. I'm glad. I think that keeps those, uh, those individuals like me sharper, that we'll be able to share our skills and be able to talk. I mean, I, as Ruben, my producer, knows, I love to talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm probably, I'm probably talking more than writing, though I do write a lot lately. Uh, so, you know, it's it's important to convey that information in a, in a timely manner. So, uh, so yeah, and I, I think it's important for people to realize, too, that the, the amount that you can charge as a tutor uh, depends a lot on your expertise and your your skill set and how uh, how uh, unique it is and how specialized it is and how in demand it is. So, you know, in the Wisehand survey, what they found was some of their tutors are charging fifteen dollars an hour, but they have some who are charging one hundred and sixty dollars an hour. Wow. So it's all over the map, and some of the tutors are making close to a hundred thousand dollars a year just as tutors. So it's possible to make you know a pretty nice living from this uh, if if you you know have that expertise and have the time yeah, and you know, it's it's very much like any any commodity or service in the areas, depending on what the demand is and what the expertise mm-hmm. and whether that family member wants to to get his or her daughter through that particular uh, class at, in in high school or college. That we'll do anything. We'll bring in the expert here. We'll bring almost an Einstein person, right? Right. That uh, they can can help that person uh, get through his his physics class, so he can make mm-hmm. make A's and go to MIT, which mm-hmm. sometimes is a mission impossible. These tutors probably do the best that they can. Um, so again, I want to I want to emphasize to our listeners that uh, that tutoring is available uh, throughout the year as well as volunteering. And and volunteering, I had, I had one person say, "Well, isn't volunteering like tutoring?" Well, not necessarily, right? There's a there's a difference. You're going to volunteer to to help a, an organization or a, the symphony or the opera, uh, but this and a tutoring is you're you're conveying skills and you're you're getting feedback and you're helping that individual understand a concept. Is that that, no, that's that right. correct? And volunteering can be all all over the map and and people do it in many different ways and sometimes they're doing it because they have particular skills, but often they're just doing it because. The nonprofit uh, just needs an extra set of hands, somebody to make phone calls or mail or uh, put envelopes together or, you know, help run the office, um, sure. whatever it takes to, to, to do the work of the nonprofit. But, um, and, and that, you know, it's interesting. There have been some other surveys recently, and there was just one that we just published just today um, about how many people over 50 um, are volunteering, uh, even part time, in uh, either, either that they've you know, retired from work where they haven't, but they are finding purpose in their lives because they're spending some of their time, you know, doing what's called um, purpose beyond the self. It's a phrase that they like to talk about. And the survey that was just, just came out that Stanford University did where they surveyed 
people between age 50 and 92, and they found 31% of them were doing this, and they said that it's really deeply meaningful to them because they're, they feel like they're contributing something to the world, and I think that's very great. Yeah, that is great. Well, that's one thing we've been prop- our proponents of the best of times in our radio show. We we publish a, a senior directory that tells them almost uh, 50 different places to volunteer in the area, and our volunteer organizations have been thrilled that we've been heavily promoting it for 17 years, so they, they are getting an influx of new and some, you know, some volunteers go away, retire, get too old, too feeble to do it, and others are replaced, and they're thrilled. And it, and it keeps them active. Again, it's health benefits, it's activity involved, help that organization that would couldn't probably could not sustain without volunteers. So uh, right. it makes me feel good that uh, that these organizations, and I see all these individuals out there, and they say, you know, Gary, you helped me find this organization that needed us. And I said, well, I'm, I'm tickled pink that you're helping them, and, and definitely thrilled that uh, you're making an impact. Yeah, you're you're helping them and you're helping yourself at the same time. We'll be right back with more information. But now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel. Proudly presented by A-Bears, Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by A-Bears, Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Kalikas. I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show as a special guest is Mr. Richard Eisenberg, who is the managing editor of Next Avenue, um, who's on the show today. He's been discussing second careers of seniors who are 50 years of age or older. And he was telling us that uh, a lot of them are becoming tutors of others. So thank you, Richard, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Thank you, Gary. So the the statistics of this survey, let's highlight again for some of our listeners who might be tuning in late. Uh, a, a survey was done by by whom? Uh, it's a tutoring company called Wyzant, W-Y-Z-A-N-T. Okay. And uh, about a third of their tutors are 50 and older, and they wanted to find out why they were tutoring, what they get out of it, and, and um, they found some interesting results. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to mention their website so people can go. It's W-Y-Z-A-N-T dot com. You can go to their their website to learn about them. And you, if you want to sign up to be a tuner, tu, tutor, tuner, uh, they probably have forms and information that can, can guide you through the process, right? So they're, they're representative throughout the, the world, United States? That's right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I have visited their website, but I, I, I plan to as well. I went to your site. I mean, went to your 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 site and read your article, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I didn't. Uh, what's it called? Linked over to to that particular uh, information about that. So they found in this survey, and I want you to emphasize to our listeners that um, the, the 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 factor was they were analyzing were tutors, right? That's right. And they 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 analyzed their own individual tutors, or they went outside of their sample. No, they they were talking to their own tutors who were over fifty to find out why they tutor, what they what they tutor, how much they make tutoring. They just wanted to learn a little bit more about the people who do the tutoring for them, and and so they about a third of the people who do tutoring for Wisent are over fifty. And wow, what that that was, many, a yeah, third. That's yeah. that's pretty significant. 
Yeah, absolutely. And as I uh, mentioned, uh, some of them are as old as 90 years old, and their average age is 62. Okay. That's that's pretty uh, interesting there. So tell our listeners again, what, what, what were the highlights of this particular survey? Um, well, one of the things I thought was very interesting was when they asked their tutors over 50, why do you tutor? And, you know, a lot of people said they do it for the money, but and 59% of them said that. But that was not the number one answer. The number one answer for why they tutored was they wanted to share the knowledge that they have accumulated over the years. 73% of people said that. Um, and then other reasons were things like I, because I could control my rate and control my hours. And then 49% they want to stay intellectually connected to my area of study. So people doing it for lots of reasons. Money is one of them, but it's not the only one, and it's not even the most important one. And, and one other thing, let's talk about tutoring. It doesn't have to be a full-time job or profession or tech. It can be a part-time, as-needed basis. It depends on your, your dealing with the person you're, you're tutoring. I don't know about the that the It's available only as-needed, but I'm, I'm people thinking that it's going to be a full-time job, 8 to 5 or whatever. It doesn't have to be that, right? Uh, that's right. That was one of the other findings that they found in their survey, which is that uh, the the number of hours that people tutor uh, is all over the map. There are some people who do it an hour a week, when some people do it even less than that, and then some people who do more of that. They've got more than one uh, student uh, that they're tutoring, and they do it uh, fairly often. So it, a lot of it, it depends on how much time you have and how much time you want to give. I wonder if they asked of their tutors in the survey how many of them still have uh, full-time or part-time jobs and they do this as an add-on. Yeah, well, I, they actually did. What they found was that 61% of the tutors over 50 have other jobs. So most of them are still working either full-time oh, or part-time, okay. and they're doing this on the side. And then the others are, are not working, and this is the, the kind of work that they're doing. But what was interesting also is that 75% of the people over 50 who are tutoring so that they plan to keep doing it until they can't. In other words, they're not just doing it past the time or to bring in a little money right now and then they're going to stop in a month or so. You know, this is something they, they enjoy doing. They, they like doing it. They're good at it. And they're going to keep doing it as long as they can. Oh, that's that's motivational that uh, they enjoy. They keep enjoying it. They're not getting bored. They're probably getting new students and new challenges. And it's not, a, it's not just doing the same repetitive task each and every day like like some of those That's jobs right. out there that really get boring uh, I mean I, I feel for those people who have to do that same task over and over again you know 3,000 times a, uh, a month it, it's really sad but you know it doesn't give them any creativity and motivation and now this this type of tutoring you're going to be dealing with all types of individuals and factors and knowledge base and uh, questioning and I'm, um, you might be learning something new from the person you're tutoring right? Yeah that's exactly right in fact a lot of people who are both tutoring and volunteering and even uh, working full-time jobs are finding that they are learning a lot from younger people. People in their 20s and 30s are teaching them some things that they don't know. Often it's about technology, but sometimes it's about other things. Uh, maybe it's just about you know, what's going on in the culture right now. And so you know, the older people are, are passing on their knowledge to younger people, and the younger people are passing on their knowledge in other areas to the older people. So, again, let's emphasize to our listeners out there, how can they easily become a, a, a tutor 
tutor in their in their particular area. No matter there could be people listening here from Texas, Louisiana, Ohio, whatever. This 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 show is on internet broadcast and podcast and all. I've got listeners all over the United States, primarily the ones in Northwest Louisiana. But uh, so tell them how how they can sign up to be a tutor. Well, there's lots of different ways you can do it. Uh, if you have access to a computer, I would tell you to go online, and if you just do a Google search for tutor in my area, you'll probably quickly find companies that let people tutor uh, either locally or have tutors all over the country, and you can sign up that way. Otherwise, you could you know, go to the local schools in your area, colleges or other schools, and say, I'd love to be a tutor. You know, Can you use my help, and how can I do it? And chances are somebody's going to be interested in having you do it. Um, there's a website that I, I like a lot called volunteermatch.com, and it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a site you go to where you say, yeah, I would like to volunteer uh, my services, and uh, I'd like to find people who could use them. And then you say what kind of volunteering you want to do and how much time and how you want to do it, and they will find places that would like use it to the kind of volunteering you want to do. So, again, that's called Volunteer Match? Yes. Volunteermatch.org or .com? Uh, uh, let me double check on that, but I, I'm going to say .com, but I, um, give me a second and I will. But sometimes they, you know, people like me, I, if I don't know the .com or the .org or the .net, I'd try all three and whatever pops up. Uh, that's generally, or, or just put volunteer match and the the Google search will always tell you. Uh, it, it is .dot org, so I stand corrected. Thank you for setting uh, me straight. It is volunteermatch.org. org. .dot dot org. Okay, that that seems like a very interesting website. Wow. Yeah. So tell us a little. While I got you on the line a little bit. I love I love uh, edit, talking to editors when I talk to them, different publications and different uh, sites. So what's some of the uh, plans for the future and in research and articles that uh, Next Avenue is planning to do? Um, well, thank you. Yeah, so as I mentioned, we're a website from public broadcasting from PBS for people in their 50s and 60s, and we're trying to help them uh, in all kinds of parts of their lives. So I do the money articles, personal finances, and work. We also have articles about health care, about caregiving, and living and learning. And, uh, you know, I think if you come to Next Avenue, you'll probably pretty quickly find stories that can be useful for you, maybe for your parents, maybe for your children. Um, because we're writing about all kinds of stories. And, uh, you know, I'm, right now I'm working on one that's going to be publishing soon about uh, Medicaid and what the rules are for being eligible for Medicaid, who is and who isn't eligible. Um, but, we do but Richard, let me, let me ask you a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, sure. We have 50 states. Uh, yeah. We have probably 50 different Medicaid programs. That's true. So it, it gets really complex. I mean, some it states... Does. That's why it's really useful to work with somebody who's who's very knowledgeable about the rules in your state. It could be a what's called an elder law attorney if you're right. working on things like a Medicaid trust or Medicaid planning, uh, or it just could be maybe your state uh, insurance department, uh, the ombudsman department, who can uh, help you understand what the rules are because they can be very complicated. Ex excellent advice because, again, they're all different programs. We're, we're very close to the Texas border, and I have so many people say, well, why isn't our policies for Medicaid like Texas? Well, Texas mm -hmm. sets, that sets their own laws and own regulations right. for Medicaid. Louisiana does their own, just like Arkansas. They, they might be similar, they might be identical, but most of the times they're not. So uh, yes. you have to know, right. and it's where you resided. I had some individuals that, that uh, questioned me, Richard. So mom lives in 
in Louisiana, but I live in Texas, and I'm managing her her uh, accounts, and I'm the power attorney. But would it apply to me? And I said, no, it's where your mother resides. So right. it's, it's not right. necessarily where you reside, even though you're right. in Texas. So some people don't understand. And you're right. They need to get an elder law attorney or, or a particular uh, issue. Um so, any other particular issues and aspects well, that you're investigating? Uh, there was an article that I wrote a few months ago that's um, become pretty popular because I think a lot of people are going through it. The, the headline was called, Sorry, Nobody Wants Your Parents Stuff. And I wrote it because my yes. father had just passed away, and my sister and I were suddenly in the position of having to quickly figure out what to do with his possessions. And he didn't have a lot. He lived in a one-bedroom apartment, but he had things. He had... Uh, you know, things that he and my mother had had over the years, but suddenly we needed to figure out how to dispose of them. And what we quickly found was there was very little interest in many of the things that they had that that we thought somebody might want, you know, things like uh, a break front or china or crystal and, and that sort of thing. And, and I wrote an article about that and what you should do if you're in the position where you need to quickly find people or places who might be who might either buy or even take um, some of your parents' possessions because uh, people are finding it very difficult and I think that's going to be even more true over the years as there are more and more baby boomers' parents who are passing away and the boomers are going to be in a position where they need to figure out what to do and they don't have room in their homes for a lot of things and their kids often live far away and often have very uh, different styles than what the grandparents had. So it's an interesting uh, issue for people. How about this, Richard? I want to compliment you about that article. I read it and was fascinated, but I had written a similar article for our Gannett paper in town uh, uh-huh. many uh, over two years ago, mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, it, it generated a lot of interest here. That really, our mm-hmm. kids don't want our stuff, and I and uh, I've been lecturing a little bit about that at some of the groups in the area. That uh, you need to plan now if you want to give your stuff away. Your your kids aren't going to want it. Make right. a, and you and your article was great about giving the various resources on what to do about, you know, getting it appraised, get hiring an estate uh, seller, plans before making a list uh, of items that you want to give to certain kids and give them the reason why they should, what, what, what that memento or, or collectible plate or knife yeah. was, or, you know, they may feel it. I've done that for my things, for my, my uh, yeah. three kids. It's very important, and I think it's something a lot of families don't think about, but m- many of the items that, that um, our parents have have fascinating stories behind them and it's not just a plate it's not just a, a glass yes. and if you only knew the story and your kids knew the story uh, it would have more meaning and you you or your kids may be more interested in holding on to it because of the, the story be, behind it but I think often what happens is we, we don't get we don't ask these stories we don't know what they are and so to us it's just a plate well I'm going to share with you I, that's my other purpose in life is I've, I've been advocating for the past uh, five years people need to tell their stories before it's too late. Family stories, stories, because a lot of those stories are going away and nobody's being able to tell them. They're either in dementia or they're, they're dilapidated condition. They're unable to speak or talk, and now they, they want to tell their kids their family stories, but they're unable to. So I've been right. advocating to seniors to 
throughout the area here, and uh, there have been a lot. Uh, and I think there's a, uh, a group called Service Corps that's doing interviews with families uh, throughout the nation, and they've actually are here in this report in Bossier City area for uh, through the month of November. They were here through the month of November and uh, are collecting some of these stories, but I think they're going all over the United States. But yeah. again, that's a, a critical factor. And I'm, I've, I've been finding your articles and information. And, and uh, by the way, everybody, it's nextavenue.org, and uh, it's a it's a great uh, online source for us seniors and boomers out there. So I highly recommend it. Well, thank you for joining us today. It's been quite educational, and uh, thank you again. I'm looking forward to having you on the future show. You you come up with some of the great topics that uh, I love to discuss on my radio show and, and mention in my magazine. So again, well, we, thank you so much, Gary. I'd be delighted to come back anytime. We do appreciate having you on the Best of Times Radio Show.